0: Tread and water, they drowned. My head on a swivel. Yeah,
1: it's only really my surroundings.
0: Hello, and welcome to episode sixty three of the Smash Accept Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore dad FF. And we got a fun episode tonight. You know, last week we talked about, you know, you guys that are in contention, who to buy. Got a lot of gr- great feedback from that episode of, you know, strength of schedule and some players you guys should be targeting. Today we're going to go on the opposite spectrum. You know, let's say you didn't start out the same way, or you know, you're a team that was bit in the middle. We're going to tell you guys how to rebuild or possibly retool your team. And uh, you know, I'm excited, Mung, because. This is a, a topic that you and I have alluded to a couple of times, you know, this is our third episode going over how to rebuild, but this isn't just going to be the how-to, it's going to be, you know, who do we pick up, who are the guys that we should be going out there getting, and, and what should we be targeting, so, Mung, I'm excited for tonight, how you been?
1: Yeah, pretty good. Just a busy couple weeks, but uh, making it work. Of course, you guys can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And uh, I actually have been making some trades in some of my leagues where I've come to the conclusion that I am not a contender, sadly, this year after whether it's down weeks and losing records or just injuries, of course, that we have no control over. But Whatever it is, you know, even if you're five and five after this after this past week, uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're truly, you know, going to the title game. So it's time to make those hard calls. And honestly, the hardest thing is being honest with yourself, right? Like we all want to win the title every year, but that's simply not realistic.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's the hardest thing when people come to me. Everybody wants to win, you know. And we've talked about this before, where if you have ten teams and Two or three of them should be rebuilding, you know, and potentially looking that way, or ones that are really going into contend. And I get a lot of people send me their rosters. They're like, this is what I look like. And sometimes I, I got to hit them up with it because it's like, hey, if you go into a rebuild, you know, and I'm going to let you guys know I did three rebuilds two years ago. All three of those teams right now are nine and one, and they're loaded with picks, and they're still set, you know, and sometimes we try to hold on to teams for so long. You know, and and I'll be the first to admit, my Smash Except Listener League team is is like one where it's like it's not it's win now, and this is like hundred percent got to win now because I do not have the youth, I do not have the picks, but we gotta we gotta look ourselves in the mirror and say, hey, is this time to make some trades? Do we need to? You know, if like you said, if I'm five and five, or if you're four and six, you should definitely be leaning that way. But check to see how your league looks. I mean. You could be six and three, six and four, and kind of pretending, you know, and we got to look at those things closely because it's better. You know, I talked to uh, FF Day Trader a lot. He's in Smash Accept Listener League, too, um, you know, a guy that's part of Smash Accept. And he's like, isn't it better to put yourself in that pick of 103, 104 than to be a pretender and squeak into the playoffs? You know, we talk about it a lot. You want to be top three or bottom three. You don't want to be stuck there in the middle because all you're doing is just prolonging the inevitable you're getting that 107 108 every single year you know and then you're pushing your your rebuild back further and further
1: yeah and again i mean it really depends on your leagues too right because there are some good teams out there but for their particular leagues you know that there are two or three teams with just some superstar rosters that you don't think you can overcome in the playoffs so whether it's trying to sneak in or you know actually or excuse me whether it's sneaking into the playoffs versus actually making it you know two three rounds uh close to the title game you don't want to be the seattle seahawks right where they make the playoffs every year and then they lose the lose that first game because really you're just costing yourself a better draft pick and just kind of muddling around in the middle yeah yeah
0: or you could be the rams and trade away all your picks you know kind of go that route but uh (laughs) You know, first I want to talk about is retooling a little bit, you know. So we've, we talked about this a couple weeks back where right this, this has been a crazy season like every season. There's been tons of injuries piled up, and there are opportunities now where you can get guys on the cheap. You know, I, I have a lot of people asking me, you know what, this was a year where I felt like I was a, a team to beat. Most of my core is pretty young. What about going up and getting Derrick Henry? What about going up and getting, you know, Cam Akers? What about getting some of these guys... And retooling is just very, you know, it's a very fluid thing. You got to just look for, if you're missing one player, if you're missing one or two, what I suggest to people is this time of year, find that guy that really needs something. You know, find the Derrick Henry owner and offer him Damian Harris plus something and and try to get a guy like Derrick Henry where this time of year when people want to win, they're willing to overpay. They really do. And they want that running back. They want that shiny new toy. And, And you could easily get players that are way undervalued because they're not playing. And it's the same way on both sides. We're going to talk about it. You know, we talked about James Conner last week, right, as a as a buy. He's also a major sell. So you got to look at where you are and who you're trying to trade with and know your league mates. I mean, we have that that's rule number 1 when we talk about rebuilding and retooling is knowing your league mates. You know there's that one guy, he never leaves the season with his first round pick, right? We all know there's that guy who overpays for the running back that just hit. You know, that guy who's going to pay a second for Deontay Foreman because he had nine fantasy points this week. You know, we all have those guys. So knowing your league mates this time of year is about as crucial as it gets.
1: Yeah, and, you know, speaking of running backs who could be win now pieces or rebuilding pieces, Saquon Barkley's value is really depressed right now. I mean, look at some of the recent trades that have gone down for him where somebody gave up Barkley and a 2022 first for Zeke. Um, Somebody got Barkley for Aaron Jones plus Jacoby Myers. Uh, I'm seeing seeing deals like A.J. Dillon plus a first for Saquon Barkley. Barkley for Darren Waller straight up. And really, I mean, I think we've talked about Barkley before on past shows, And it's that same mentality where it's out of sight, out of mind, right? He started the year a little bit slow, coming back from that ACL tear, and now he's missed a few weeks with the ankle sprain. But really, none of these are long-term concerns. They're not lingering issues, continuing soft tissue injuries like a Will Fuller type. I mean, Barkley is a monster when he gets on the field, and right now it sounds like that's going to be this week. So that buy low window might just be closing in the next few days.
0: Yeah, and I mean, the two weeks where Saquon was healthy, over 20 fantasy points both weeks. I mean, he is the kind of guy where you could look at him in, in either direction. There's a lot of people that have lost faith. I'm personally a big believer. I put a, a tweet out there today of, now we're going to talk about this in a little bit, but I am in first place in three leagues and I have the 101, you know, because I've made some some savvy moves with some guys here. And I said, who's a, who's a player that you would sell for the 101? And someone told me, Saquon Barkley. They said I would clearly get rid of Saquon Barkley for next year's 101. And I'm like, "Whoo, man, I should get out there and try to, like, I would take that in a heartbeat because next year's class, you know, I asked five or six different analysts and I said, who's the 101? Three of them had different answers, you know? And we're not quite sure this class is gonna quite be as dominant or anything like that. But one thing I've done over the last several years and, and i found it is just, it really builds your rebuild faster. It makes your team better is sometimes assessing guys right now, right? We talked about being able to look in the mirror. Some people can't, right? That one team that's four and six, he's still going all in. He's still thinking, you know what? I still got this, you know? I'm only two games out. I think I can get this. Target those guys sometimes. You know, I've, in the in the past, what I've done is I've taken a wide receiver of similar type point stature. So right now, like, taking, you know, if you look at where some of the players are at, maybe getting a Debo Samuels plus for you know wide is putting up the same kind of numbers like he's similar in 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 points right now to a chris godwin you know getting debo samuel plus trying to get those guys first round picks because they think they're still in it you're keeping a similar type point value right and now you you know is it is it crazy to say that you would give up Devonte adams for debo in a first if that first you know is going to put itself somewhere in the top
1: three I mean, I would rank Samuel over Adams straight up at this point. So if you can get a first on top, that's a, that's a I, smash accept.
0: But. I made a deal last week, and I was like, I told you about it. I, I dealt Ridley and a second for Debo in a first, and I was like, all right. And, the you know, I, I feel like there's still some skepticism about him, but he has literally gone out and just balled out. He's the wide receiver three right now, and I still think, I mean, I, I made an offer today on a contending team. I offered Hollywood Brown in two seconds for Debo. And he goes, man, I wish I wasn't contending so I could take that trade. And I'm like, I don't feel like you should be contending if you want to make that trade.
1: Yeah, but I mean, again, you can't force people's hands, right? So really, you got to just target the teams that actually do think that they need to, uh, you know, stockpile pieces for the rest of the season. But again, I mean, target the players who haven't been producing, right? Everybody's high on the guys who have had some big games over the last couple of weeks. But now, all of a sudden, people are super down on Mike Williams and Cortland Sutton, yeah. two names who are producing you know, very big games earlier in the season, simply because we've seen teams kind of focus more on those players, and then also with the return of Jerry Judy. So those are players that I'm seeing deals for that you might be able to get for second-round rookie picks right now. Yeah, and, and that's a great point, because one
0: thing I've noticed is some of my leagues I'm trying to sell guys and then I realize I, I can't get anything for them and then I'm like, wait a second, I gotta think about this in my other leagues that I could probably get these guys much cheaper than what I'm what I'm assuming right there, There's certain players out there, you know like I was I was shopping Aaron Jones because of the injury and some of the offers I was getting, I'm like, man, I might need to relook this in my other teams, right? He's out one to two weeks. he could be a guy that you buy on the cheap end. And really, I'm seeing people go way out and try to spend way too much on A.J. Dillon for the next two weeks. And they're just decreasing the value of Aaron Jones by just saying, well, he's out for a little bit and I need him right now. You know, and everything's out of sight, out of mind, or what recency bias is going on. And people just lose sight because they want to get in the playoffs so bad.
1: Yeah, and really, you know, there's no hard or fast rule, right? Every situation is kind of different. In general, we want wide receivers for rebuilds, but that's not always the case. I had somebody ask me about Hunter Renfro, and that's not a piece that I'm looking to acquire Mm -hmm. for a rebuild, both due to his age and also his trade value is never going to reach a first, right? He could finish the year as a top 15 wide receiver in PPR, but no one's going to be excited to buy Hunter Renfro for a first-round rookie pick. So you want assets that you know or at least think are going to increase in value in the coming year or so.
0: Yeah, and that, I, I had a guy send me one the other day. He goes, hey, I know you say you build your rebuilding teams on wide receivers. And yes, that's true. But the guy said, well, he offered me this player plus either my choice of a late second or, or Daryl Henderson. And I was like, I told him I went to the late second. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. Henderson is worth so much more than the late second because what you got to think about is being able to cascade that right take the wide receiver he's going to give you but then take Henderson and flip him for something else you know there's just because you're in a rebuilding team doesn't mean you can't give up a second round pick for for Henderson you know just because you're a rebuilding team doesn't mean you can't buy someone on the cheap right and we talk about it all the time it's stock you buy it on the cheap you sell it there. Henderson is worth a first-round pick right now to so many teams, and we talked about him on our buy episode last week, and to the listener that we were talking about that, we worked through it, and he ended up getting Henderson, and now he's got an opportunity where he can at least flip Henderson and maybe a small piece and get himself a first-round pick instead of that second-round pick, just because, you understand what I'm saying? like Sometimes we look at all the players, and just because a player is, is sexy and fresh to you doesn't mean that someone else is or isn't to you doesn't mean someone else in the league isn't going to be interested. And that's where we say, know your league mates and and try to understand where you can make those moves.
1: Yeah. And on the flip side, I mean, you can probably get some players whose name value is really low right now. Right. I mean, you can get Trey Sermon for a third or fourth round rookie pick. People have really soured on him and you know, he's been a healthy scratch. So certainly not going to sniff the field anytime soon, but at the same time, he's an injury or two away from a big workload. We saw him get that a few weeks back. We know that Jeff Wilson Jr. is a is a free agent after this year. So really, you know, the number two spot behind Mitchell is still open, um, especially with running backs and the injuries. Or guys like Kenny Nguyen, right? We don't know what the situation is with Dalvin Cook exactly. Right now it does not sound like he's going to be suspended at all for the second half of this season. But we don't know how that situation is going to play off play out in the offseason obviously Alexander Madison is already highly valued but this is a third string running back who could very well see touches as soon as next year or earlier yeah the kid is explosive let's talk about
0: uh Dalvin Cook a little bit because I've seen him change hands in three leagues this week you know and I feel like some people are are hitting that panic mode you know I've seen I've seen a lot of trades out there I mean I sure I'm sure you have as well where are we sitting on that? You know, where, how, how should teams, it sounds like he's going to, like you said, he's going to play out the, the remainder of the season for sure. So if you're a contender, I mean, I'm seeing people, I saw two trades, I'll have to pull them up here, but I believe one of them was Corderell Patterson and a first and another one I believe was Stefan Diggs and a second. And I'm like, Dalvin Cook is still there to win that championship for you. You know, if you're a contending team, he does not feel like someone that you're trying to actively
1: try to push off your roster. Yeah. I mean, it really depends on the price because we know that leagues are very different when it comes to evaluating risk of suspension. But, you know, just to reiterate again, as of right now, there's nothing that indicates that he's going to miss any time in 2021. Now, 2022 and beyond, that's, you know, anyone's guess really at this point, considering how inconsistent the NFL is in doling out punishments or lack thereof. But, Yeah, I mean, certainly not panicking, not selling low on Cook, even if you're rebuilding. You know, I I think you let him continue to play for another couple weeks until this dies down a little bit. And if you can get him on the cheap for a contending team, then that's definitely a target I would consider. Yeah, I mean,
0: I just got a text five minutes before we jumped on here, and I'm, I'm nine and one. You know, and my team's been fantastic all year, so I'm always reluctant to do tinkering when you're, when you're in that kind of position. But he offered me Dalvin and Thielen for Metcalf, Montgomery in a second, and I'm just like, ugh, it, it, it just feels so close, right? I mean, we talked about Montgomery possibly being a bye for the second half of the season. Metcalf's been up and down, but Russell Wilson, you feel like he's gonna get back on track. And it was just like, I know before the season started, I would have been all over that, but at this point, I'm like, ah, man. I hate, I hate tinkering with what I got.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the age-old question, right? I mean, how, how much tinkering is too much? Um, but at the same time, I would say don't be afraid to make some moves, even on teams where I am the number one or number two seed in the league. You know, if someone offers me a good deal, I'll continue to look into those uh, because, you know, you have to, one, plan for injuries, mm-hmm. and, two, always get that value as long as you're not sacrificing wins in the short term.
0: Yeah, for sure. And pay attention to your trade deadline. I mean, a lot of teams have gone to no trade deadline at all. And in those kind of leagues, you don't want to make it too early, right? You don't want to. You don't want to be making those trades. And on the flip side, we've talked about it. If a guy's going to get you to that spot, if he's going to get you to that buy, it makes sense. So let's talk about rebuilding now. Okay, so we're in a spot. We're four and six. We're three and seven. God forbid, we're two and eight. You know, one and nine. I mean, there's those guys in every league. You know. It's time to start making some moves, right? And we need to do what we talk about in the rebuilding episode: is create a positional deficiency, right? No one likes that guy who puts a bunch of it. puts I remember several years ago a guy putting Zeke and Saquon on his taxi squad because they were because <laughs> they were adding points to his roster. You know, nobody likes those kind of guys. We still want you to be competitive. What I've always preached is create that positional deficiency, right? So stock up on your wide receivers and and not start running backs that are really doing much of anything, you know, because they're the easiest piece to add on there. Um, But what I try to do is really just just build around those young wide receivers and start moving some pieces. So let's talk about some guys that we should be moving right now at the wide receiver position. If you have Devontae Adams, if you have, you know, even Mike Evans, DeAndre Hopkins, Adam Thielen, Keenan Allen, we got to start thinking about moving these guys for sure. You know, I feel like the older wide receivers can last a little bit longer, but in a good, legit rebuild, you're talking about a two-year turnaround. You were gonna say all these guys are gonna be 30, 31 years old. Those are the guys that aren't gonna be helping you win in two years. So those are the guys we should start thinking about moving. What you wanna do is you wanna move into some of those other guys. So if you're not in a spot to be winning right now, I've seen, we talked about it last week, where guys are taking, you know, Tyreek Hill's still in that same kind of area, and they're moving off Tyreek Hill to CeeDee Lamb plus a little bit. They're moving off Tyreek Hill even for Jamar Chase. You know, moves like that where you can take a guy and you can just move back just a little bit and add a little bit of value. Are there some guys that you are actively looking to acquire in that same kind of realm? We're talking about high end. You have one stud wide receiver left. Who are you trying to you know, move around and pick up?
1: Yeah, and really it's it's looking ahead to the offseason, right? Because it's it's not even necessarily all about age, because some of the names that you mentioned, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, these are guys who we don't necessarily know who their quarterback's gonna be in twenty twenty two, right? We don't know what exactly the timeline is for Tom Brady. We all know he wants to play till he's fifty, but will he actually? Right? Especially if they if he can go out on top back to back. Um, in terms of Devontae Adams, it doesn't sound like he's going to be with the Packers, and it doesn't necessarily sound like Aaron Rodgers is going to be with the Packers. Now, could a team potentially sign both of them and reunite them? Yeah, it's a possibility, but I would say the odds are fairly low. So again, we just don't know. So coupled with the fact that their age is getting up there is the added uncertainty. Now, on the flip side, you want to target guys who have upside with, uh, with uncertainty, right? So younger players like Cortland Sutton and Mike Williams, who I talked about, both of them are going to hit free agency. They have a chance to go to an offense where they could potentially capture a larger piece of the pie in terms of target volume. And really, you're looking at, one, free agency coming up, and then, two, the surrounding talent around them and whether any of those players are going to be hitting free agency.
0: Excellent point. You know, I like that because in the past that was not something I looked at as much about, you know, changing quarterbacks or changing scenarios as much as I did age. Um, And we have a lot of, you know, potential uncertainty there with those kind of players. So I like that a lot, you know, and you you mentioned something and I think it's the biggest thing here is trying to eliminate your risk, right? You're trying to, you know, when you're rebuilding – You want to move off somebody. If you're going to move Tyreek Hill and he's your last player, and I I did this two years ago with Devontae Adams. I moved off Devontae Adams for a, you know, I forget. you know, I I think it was ended up getting like DK Metcalf in a first, you know, and it was like I believe that DK Metcalf was going to take that next elite jump. And there's some rookies right now and second-year guys that I think are really close to making that jump. I mean, Devontae Smith has had back-to-back 22-point performances. He's looked fantastic. We've talked about Jalen Waddell really ascending Michael Pittman right now is the wide receiver seven you know there's some guys that are really making their way up the list I mean you're not going to be able to buy Jamar Chase you know there's most leagues that's that's just not happening but some of these guys still are not being caught up right they're they're not being evaluated the way they should be and those are some guys that I think are really ascending in the right direction towards stardom
1: yeah and again you gotta you yeah. Like any other situation in <laughs> life, you got to read the room, right? Yeah, because I've sent out some good strong offers for guys that you talked about, like Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, who we know are in that top five dynasty wide receiver conversation. Yeah, and the responses I've gotten back are, you know it's a fair deal. I just don't want to move them, right that guy, right. And, and there's nothing you can do in that case, but we talked about Debo Samuel. people still aren't fully believing in him. But he's a young guy who the only concern really is the soft tissue injuries that he's had in the past. But outside of that, he's clearly established himself as a talented wide receiver one. Um, Another guy, you know, guys like CeeDee Lamb um, and DK Metcalf, their values are super high. No one's moving off of them except for big overpays. But uh, Marquise Brown, we haven't seen enough of him for people to fully believe. But he's shown enough that if Baltimore continues passing more, Uh, as they have this season, then he's a guy who could be in that top five wide receiver conversation, but is still being valued, you know, like a top 15 guy instead.
0: Well, let's talk about Debo here, because you and John were both saying he's a top 12 dynasty wide receiver, I believe two weeks ago, you know, and I was not there yet. I was like in the 15 range. I mean, aside this past week, you know, this is the only week he hasn't had nine targets. He only had 5, but it was 5 for 5, 97, a touchdown, and then a rushing touchdown. He put up 30 fantasy points. I mean, his worst performance, he has 2, he has 1 at 10, 1 at 11, but everything else you look at is 30, 23, 21, 35, 32. I mean, Tebow looks ridiculous right now. He is almost 1,000 yards already, 54 receptions. How high should we be having him right now? You know, if someone came to you and said, What do you need to add on top of Debo Samuel to get Tyreek Hill? What would you be willing to sell for?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's tough, right? Because he has had uh, a history of soft tissue injuries. But it's really more – it's not that he's scoring points. It's more so how he's doing it because, one – it's not really touchdown reliant. Uh, he's just been a yards after the catch machine. Mm-hmm. And two, the thing that really solidifies him as a top 10 dynasty wide receiver, I would say now is that even with Kittle back the last two weeks, his target share and his production haven't really dipped all that much. Yeah. That's
0: been um, the big surprise to me. It's like, I was even saying to you guys two weeks ago, I was like, well, Kittle's coming back. is going to change, right? Because that's what we've seen. Kittle's still eating and Debo's eating. It's like, they're both finally getting it. And it's, Oh, man, it's it's been it's been fantastic if you guys had patience with both these guys on your fantasy roster.
1: Yeah. And I mean, another changing situation that doesn't rely on free agency is the ascendance of rookie quarterbacks. Right. We haven't really seen Justin Fields fully break out. We've barely seen Trey Lance start any games. And these are offenses where, you know, Chicago isn't a good example because Allen Robinson is going to be a free agent after the season. But Debo Samuel, George Kittle, those are guys who could benefit potentially from a quarterback change either late in the year or in 2022 and beyond. So th- that's another thing to target. We've already seen that Mac Jones has uh, shown that he's pro-ready. And some of these guys, you know, Zach Wilson, right? Corey Davis is super cheap right now. And I'm not necessarily a Corey Davis believer, but you have to look at the potential upside if some of these quarterbacks do end up putting it together. So – Big time fan of the, the show.
0: I, re, I talk to him quite regularly. It's at New Jet City. And he, he was talking to me today about, you know, he's like, I know you talk about insulating your trades. I know you talk about making some moves, you know, both buying low. He's like, I'm a contender right now. And my, my running back situation is, is very, you know, he said right now he doesn't have an RB2. And he's really kind of desperate for it. He asked me, he goes, should I be trading if I can get Justin Fields, and if I can get uh, Javante Williams or Antonio Gibson, would you trade Kyler Murray for that? And I'm like, who? this is tough, right? He wanted him to add to the Kyler Murray side. But I'm like, this seems like a situation here where Fields has looked good two weeks in a row. Is that a move you would make? You know, And we, we kind of talked it back and forth because the other owner wanted him to add a first and Corey Davis on top. And I'm like, Kyler Murray is a premium asset. But if you can get Fields and Gibson or Fields and Williams, we're starting to really get in the right track where he's getting two up-and-coming pieces that could help him win now versus Kyler Murray. And it was, it was tough, you know. I told him, I was like, Kyler's a tough guy to trade, you know. But are we getting close to that point where Justin Fields' ascension seems inevitable? You know, it's been back-to-back weeks. He's looked great. We went through the growing pains. Are we going to go back with some bumps or is it going to be a guy that can win you something down the stretch?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely worth consideration, right? Because we've seen that Kyler Murray has had some injury issues and, you know, nothing recurring, obviously, but at some point we are somewhat concerned that perhaps that he can't take as many hits as some of the bigger quarterbacks, right? And Russell Wilson has put to put together a career where he knows when to go down, when to slide and all that, but he's still going to take some hits in the end. So that's that's just a risk factor that you take into account there. Um, Yeah, I I think I would take uh, Javante Williams and Justin Fields. And I think Gibson and Williams are close in value, but I would take Williams in this case because for some reason his dynasty value is it feels like people are already expecting him to be the next Saquon, even though we need to pump the brakes just a little bit uh, and actually see what he does without Melvin Gordon in 2022. I know he's RB25 and I know he's splitting carries,
0: but I mean, he's already valued above the 101 for next year, you know, and and I put that poll out and he won that poll, but then we're talking about other people saying, hey, let's just deal Saquon for the 101. I was like, if you have to choose between Javante and Saquon, it's pretty easy for me, even though I'm starting to really come around on Javante. So if you can make some moves like that, you know, where you can take a player that you know, you believe is going to be there. You know, we believe Justin Fields could be in that Kyler Murray realm next year, you know, or, or at least ascending that way. And then you add who we all believe to be, you know, at least a solid RB2, if not an RB1 next year in Williams. And you're staying young. I mean, that's, that's a win-win type of move. And if you guys can do that, that's not just rebuilding. He's doing that to win now. So it still works on both levels. <coughs> uh, the next thing I wanted to talk about, it's is some more of these quarterbacks, right? These rookie quarterbacks, the value hasn't really hit a peak yet. So we have Trey Lance, you know, Mac Jones still, the value isn't up there. Who are some guys in superflex if we're rebuilding, you know, who are we looking to move off of and who are we looking to buy? I mean, what are the type of prices that you're seeing out there?
1: Yeah, I mean, people are really excited about Justin Fields and Mac Jones because we've seen them succeed in certain games, Right. Um, and people are really starting to write off Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance just because we haven't seen it yet from them. Um, And I know that it's hard to believe in Trevor Lawrence right now. Jacksonville just looks like an absolute mess. But at the same time, you know, you didn't draft Trevor Lawrence with the 1.01 just to sell him for 2022 first and second a few weeks later because the Jaguars don't look good, right? We expected that going into his rookie year. Now, obviously, I don't love that Urban Meyer is kind of in – control of trevor lawrence's fate but at the same time i mean i'm seeing deals where trevor lawrence in superflex is getting traded for cooper cup straight up and he's getting traded for a 2023 first straight up and again it's just the fact that you didn't draft him to sell him low just a couple months after the fact right and then another guy we simply haven't seen much of trey lance yet but now guys who are valued similarly a couple months ago I saw a deal where somebody sold Trey Lance for um, Trey Lance plus a first for Justin Fields. And that's absolutely insane to me where, you know, we just haven't seen anything from Trey Lance, but that doesn't mean that you're adding a first to get a rookie quarterback that we've seen a couple games out of. Well, you
0: and I were both just tagged in uh, from at sports ENT. He put Austin Eckler for Trey Lance straight up in a rebuilding team and you know, Twitter's completely on the Eckler side. I saw one today where it was the guy said he was looking to contend, so he he dealt Trey Lance for Kirk Cousins. That is the type of trade that, in three months, in six months, in nine months, you are going to really be hurting. Like I feel like that's the kind of move you make where you're like, "Yep, I had to go get Kirk Cousins." Kirk Cousins' value is never going to go up again. Trey Lance's value could go through the roof. You know, so it's like. Make sure if you are dealing Trey Lance or Trevor Lawrence in these type of situations, pump the brakes, focus on it, send us the trades, think about it. Because if you're not upgrading in one of the top six quarterbacks, you're not going to win. You know, One of the top six to eight guys in Dynasty. If you're not taking those guys and adding to get to that, that trade is going to be something you'll probably regret in a year or two. And And quarterbacks, the unfortunate thing about making trades with quarterbacks when they're that young is that can sting for a long time, right? I mean, both of those guys have the opportunity and have the skill set to be dominant in the league for eight, ten years.
1: Yeah, and I mean, I'll say this, right? Winning winning titles is better than winning trades at the end of the day. Oh, for sure. Um, and Kirk Cousins is one of those undervalued guys who has been producing. Uh, but again, you know, you're not selling Lance for Cousins straight up, right? If you're getting Cousins in a first, that's something maybe i consider for a strong contender, Um, But uh, again, I mean, going back to the Austin Eckler trade that you mentioned, like in a year's time, I don't think you can get Trey Lance for Austin Eckler plus a first. Like, it's just something that, you know, if you're projecting further out now, obviously, guys like Zach Wilson and Trevor Lawrence and Trey Lance could flame out. Right. We simply don't know at this point. But again, we're basing what we saw pre NFL draft um, and then all the analysis that we've done prior to the 2021 season. And you're not going to write these guys off just because they either haven't seen playing time yet in a, after a couple of months, or they haven't looked good uh, for the first half of their rookie year out of a potential, you know, 15 year career.
0: Yeah. I mean, we, I just, we just got another one. I mean, they're hitting us up pretty good on these is, is a optimistic Viking fan. Another guy who's really, really been great in interacting in the space said he's desperate for a quarterback and, in a in a Superflex league, he has the sickest wide receiver core of Jefferson, Chase, Lamb, Deontay, DJ Moore, and he's wondering if he traded DJ Moore out of this group, what kind of quarterback should he be targeting? You know, in a potential you know league-winning type scenario, and I feel like it is a guy like Kirk Cousins plus, right? I feel like you can still get Cousins plus for DJ Moore. You might be able to get. Tannehill in that range i mean there's some guys where you're probably not going to be able to buy those young sexy names but a guy like ryan Tannehill, since derrick henry has gone down is someone who seems to be almost a lock for 20 plus points and could win you another championship
1: yeah that, i mean just look at Tannehill's schedule too down the stretch jacksonville in week 14 fantasy playoffs pittsburgh san francisco and miami none of those secondaries scare you right now a lot of injuries in those secondaries Um, But even, you know, other guys who aren't getting much hype, right, Uh, Derek Carr, he's been up and down with the whole, you know, first Gruden and then Henry Ruggs, all that, all the situations going on in Las Vegas. But he's been looking solid throughout despite all that. Um, I know Matthew Stafford's had some down games, but again, he's a guy who if Odell Beckham can integrate into this offense, even after the loss of Woods, he's a guy who can bounce back. Uh, He gets Seattle and Minnesota to start off the fantasy playoffs. Those aren't secondaries that scare you. And then Jalen Hurts, who's had a couple of down weeks, um, and people are starting to really get nervous about him after he put up a ton of garbage time production early in the season. But again, you know, we talked about him, I think, last week, where mm-hmm. Washington, uh, Giants, and then Washington again in the fantasy playoffs. So, yeah, I mean, look, DJ Moore, certainly a, a good talent. But again, I mean, we had not seen – past games thrive under Cam Newton and it sounds like he's going to be the quarterback for the back half of the season so it's hard to see Moore's value going up uh, anytime over the next month or two. Yeah, curse you Jalen Hurts for actually playing good football. His his QBR is
0: 85 which is you know, third best in the NFL over these last three weeks. But it's killed your fantasy value. You know, we, we want that uh, that sloppiness and running around like crazy going again. And now he looked good against Denver. I watched the entire game. You know, and there's there's a lot of guys like that where you can go out there because people aren't believing. I saw uh, in one of my leagues, someone after Matthew Stafford's last game Monday night, they sold him on the cheap. You know, they're like, oh, he's, he's coming off, you know, 18 points, 14 points. He's been struggling. And I saw a contending team sell matthew stafford for james connor and Tua Tagovailoa, of and i'm like man like that i i just I, I can't see it you know i can't see giving up matthew stafford in that type of situation when his running backs were still fresh and it's like don't panic on some of these guys you know just be patient hit us up with the trades you know and we'll, we'll kind of keep going that way the one thing that i want to talk about from rebuilding squads is let's say you're completely out right The most important thing we talked about eliminating risks is making your team liquid, right? Like, what's the only thing that can't go down in dynasty value? It's rookie picks, you know? So if you can get some picks and start eliminating some of that risk and starting to, you know, add some first-round picks and and take guys like what I try to do, when we talked about it last week, is take James Conner and pair him with something else and get a first. Maybe James Conner. Even if it's James Conner in a second, if you're 2-8 and at this point, and you give up James Conner and a late second to get a first, you're winning. You know, if you can get a guy like, I, I've seen a trade recently where someone gave up Devonta Freeman and a late third to get a second round pick. If you can do that kind of consolidation and you can start getting rid of some of that dead weight, some of those guys that aren't going to help you in a year, aren't going to help you in two years, it's a win because you're not only, you you know, you're making your first round pick better by decreasing your points possible by you know, putting yourself in a positional deficiency, but you're also accumulating picks down the road that just become, like we said, we talk about it all the time. That is a movable asset, right? Not everybody likes James Conner, but everybody likes rookie picks.
1: Yeah, and that's situationally dependent too, right? Because if it's your third round rookie pick for next year,
0: um, and you expect that to be 301
1: or 302, and you're moving up to what's projected to be like the 211, then you know obviously you're not packaging up much there you're moving right. up a few spots um but at the same time right it, you don't have to sell these guys on the cheap because that's the best offer that you've gotten this week right if that player has a big game this coming weekend you you can probably get a second for him instead of a third depending on yeah. the player depending on the situation um guys like Tom Brady and Matthew Stafford who've had a couple of down weeks right you don't have to sell them right now if you've got two or three more weeks before the trade deadline. You can wait for them to hopefully bounce back. Um, And the same goes for any player, really, right? AJ Dillon, uh, right now I'm trying to send him for first-round rookie picks. Uh, No one's biting yet. But if he looks really good against Minnesota this weekend, if the Aaron Jones team loses this week, right, all of a sudden the dynamic shifts just a little bit where maybe they consider that deal. Yeah, and Dillon's a guy, if you
0: can get any first for him, I'm doing it. You know, I feel like that's that's definitely the move there. But I've I've had people reach out and be like, should I just do it for a second since I'm I don't need him? No, like there's no point in just giving away for a second because guess that's probably what you paid for him. You know, you want a return on investment. You want to try to up that to a first round pick where you can take someone where you have a lot less value or a lot less risk and a lot more value potentially coming back in. What I was trying to implement is like guys that so you know you said you're not in any rush to sell them, right? So let's say, you know, the guy approaches you mid-second and James Conner for his first. And let's just say that's how it is. And you decline it. He goes down to injury. He doesn't do a lot for your team next year. You know, like we're talking about peak value kind of guys, is where I was looking at a little bit. You know, and I understand your side of it too. It's a lot of like, all of these are give and take type moves. You know, there's some things, they're all league-dependent. They're all those kind of things. But you have to kind of look, and that's where winning is done. And that's where you can literally make some moves and try to do some things where I've even taken guys like, like Connor and I've moved a late first for what somebody else thought was like a, they thought they were going to be one of the better teams and ended up being like, I mean, if if you asked right now, if I could get the 105 for 112 and James Connor, I would do that. I would take that to move up into that area, you know? And I feel like you can make some moves just to try to make your team a little bit less risky and have a little bit more, you know, liquid type value to it. And I understand your point completely as well.
1: Yeah, again, right, we always say it, it's hard to project where rookie picks are going to end up, but yeah. now that we're 10 weeks into the season, we have a fairly good idea, right? There might be some some shakeups, some upsets in the fantasy playoffs, but we generally have a fairly decent idea at this point of which teams are going to make the playoffs and which teams are bottom of the barrel. Now, it you know, a, a pick could be somewhere between 104 and 110. But at least we know the the range of outcomes a little bit better more than halfway through the year. Yeah,
0: and you got to know you got to know your league settings. I mean, in some leagues, it's points possible for all the teams that don't make the playoffs, right? So that team that might have had a you know a couple lucky weeks in there, and they're sitting at that six seven spot, and they're trying to get in, but you see that they're second lowest in points possible. That could be a move where it's like you make that trade, they don't make the playoffs. All of a sudden, that becomes. The 102. And I've done that before, you know, where you're like, that guy really thinks he's gonna make the playoffs and he's really pushing hard to do it, making a move to go get that pick sometimes comes up huge, you know, and that makes your rebuild go a little bit faster. Um the position, you know, and I know you just did recently about this this particular week, and we were you were talking about it, I believe on your, your podcast about tight ends. I, I literally do that as one of my late, you know, one of my last things to add when it comes to a rebuild. But there's definitely some names to add out there. There's some guys that could really give you a potential boost and and could be some guys at that tight end position on your rebuild that could pan out maybe later this year or into next year. Are there some guys that stick out to you?
1: Yeah, and obviously, you know, we've we've talked a lot at length about guys who've popped up this year, like Dan Arnold and Tyler Conklin. Those are guys who you're fine holding in a rebuild because – you know, you just don't know where the where the trajectory is going to go in 2022 and beyond. But a couple of tight ends that I want to touch on: one, uh, the other side of that Vikings coin, right? Irv Smith Jr., who people were super yeah. excited about prior to the season before he had that knee injury. And again, uh, I was actually a Tyler Conklin believer, so I was never at quite as high on Irv Smith uh, as others. But at the same time, he is a better athletic specimen. We expect him to have a big role next year. And this is another, you know, we simply don't know, right? It's kind of like Blake Jarwin coming back versus Dalton Schultz in 2021. And certainly um, Conklin could hold on to that starting job. That's something to consider. So you don't necessarily want to just try and sell Conklin for anything you can get. But at the same time, whereas Irv Smith was fetching an early second round rookie pick before the season, before the injury, all of a sudden he's a guy that maybe you can get for a third round rookie pick. Mm -hmm. Um, I've seen him traded for 300 (laughs) fab dollars. I've seen him trade for Daryl Williams and Tyler Higbee. So these are trades where, you know, again, we don't know with Irv Smith what the injury uh, looks like and whether he's going to regain that starting role. But his value has plummeted to the point where I'm willing to take a shot on him considering the steep discount that you can now get. Um, And then one other tight end who's pretty much free, uh, available on the waiver wire in a lot of leagues right now, is Foster Moreau, right? We saw one great game out of him when Darren Waller missed earlier this season with an ankle injury. And obviously this is for deeper leagues or large bench formats, Mm -hmm. but Darren Waller is going to be 30 years old next year. Um, The way that his contract is structured because of his prior off-season concern or off-the-field concerns, excuse me, um, is he can be released for zero dead money after this season. And again, that's not likely considering how well he's played. But we don't know. John Gruden's gone. There's a lot of directions that the Raiders organization can go depending on how they finish out this season. Certainly hasn't looked great the last couple of games, losing to the Giants and now the Chiefs. Um, So, you know, again, a trade is also possible for Waller where Foster Moreau could be that lead tight end heading into 2022.
0: Yeah, and when I'm doing rebuilding teams, Irv Smith's the perfect guy. The other guy, I'm always trying to take Flyers you know I took flyers last year on on Logan Thomas several years ago on Darren Waller those guys that are you know just take some shots some guys that seem to have the athletic upside Blake Jarwin was one of those guys I was also in there Dawson Knox was a guy that I was big on last year and then kind of faded a little bit he obviously showed some flashes you just want to have Young lottery tickets in there, right? You don't. If you're on a rebuilding team, you don't. You're not there for Travis Kelsey. You know that's not. You're not there for zackers You're for those young upside guys. And the one guy that sticks out right now, and I, I know you know some people are going to scoff at it, but he's a tight end three right now. And Mike gasecki is still not valued anywhere near that, right? Mike gasecki has a lot of up and uh, up and down games. We talked about it from some of the other guys at, at different positions, but they just don't seem to have that same respect. But if you look at him this year. He only has one game under, you know, skip week one where he didn't score at all, but he has one game under seven points, and when it comes to, you know, tight ends in the fantasy position, and that's not in tight end premium, that's just regular, but we're looking at a guy who has a ton of upside, and he's only, has two touchdowns on the season, and he's the wide, or the tight end three. Mike Kusecki's always been a guy with a high upside, and I feel like people just aren't buying in yet.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's he's another athlete where, you know, some of the one-handed grabs that he makes over the middle of the field are absolutely Gorgeous. sick. Uh, you know, the box score has been there for him this year, but even before that, the talent was pretty evident. And he's another guy who's hitting free agency after this season. So he could go to a team uh, where he could potentially be the number one pass-catching option, depending on what that wide receiver core looks like. I mean, a guy like
0: that 6'6", 250, the way he moves – he has a very high ceiling. That's that is for sure. Um Is it's it's too late to buy Kyle Pitts? A guy in my league just says, "Hey, I'm shopping Kyle Pitts." You know, are, are, should we still give an opportunity? I offered him two firsts. He declined that pretty instantly. But I mean, there's some guys there. Kyle Pitts and and Hawkinson. Hawkinson definitely. There's a buy window there after he just put up a goose egg. There's a lot of teams were like. I can't have that on my team. I need to make sure I have a guy with a lot more stable floor. Are the, either of those guys guys you talked about
1: this past week? Yeah, definitely. Uh, again, I mean, these are guys that are older, so age isn't necessarily – or at least Hopkinson is, not Pitts. Yeah. Um, but, again, you're looking more at the changing dynamic of their surroundings, right? Hawkinson right now, we know that Jared Goff is not a very good quarterback, um, but they're going to have an early draft pick next year. Uh, They could make moves in free agency. We expect that offense to be a lot more functional in 2022 and beyond. So again, Hawkinson might be up and down for the rest of the season, but going forward, we know that the talent is there. And then with Kyle Pitts, with Calvin Ridley currently out the last few games, uh, defenses have really been focusing their coverage on him. So he hasn't been producing a whole lot. I talked to him about him as a sell in redraft and I stand by that. But again, in dynasty, when you're looking ahead, Right. The, the 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 ceiling is just sky high. We saw in those couple of games uh, the true potential that you can get out of a guy like Kyle Pitts, who's a true receiving weapon. He's not in there to block.
0: Yeah, I mean, then that that's what you want right there, and that's that's definitely it. Um, a couple guys, if you had to go out there and you just had to buy someone, you know, and there's a wide receiver that you believe, you know, and and I we've done it every year where it's been like. Metcalf was my guy, then Lamb was my guy. You know Who is that guy for you right now? If you could go out and buy him, excluding Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, you could buy one dynasty wide receiver. Who's that guy that you believe in enough that you would trade Tyreek Hill for, that you would trade Devontae Adams and move down and feel great about?
1: Yeah, I mean, everyone's talking about Jamar Chase. No one's talking about Jalen Waddle, who's taken just a couple picks behind him. Um, Waddle's looked phenomenal, uh, when you look at the box score, it's not there because, again, he's been playing with Jacoby Brissett for five games this year. <laughs> and then, two, the touchdowns just simply haven't been there because, again, with Brissett, we know that he's a checkdown machine. They're not going deep. But look at this. Waddle, eight and a half targets per game as a rookie, You know establishing himself as a number one wide receiver, um, six receptions per game. Again, when you look at the splits, With Jacoby Brissett versus Tua, it's 10.9 PPR points per game with Brissett, 16.8 PPR uh, in the four games that Tua played the majority of the game. Uh, Again, all three of his touchdowns came with Tua. It's just the fact that no one's talking about Waddle because the touchdowns haven't been there. We've seen those highlight reels with Jamar Chase, and we're just not getting as much hype on Waddle. Deals that I've seen for Waddle right now. A 2022 first and Amon Ross St. Brown. Um, oh, geez. Uh, Brandon Cooks straight up. Um, somebody asked me earlier today if they should sell for a late 2022 first, and my answer was absolutely uh, No way. No. Um, Waddle for Miles Gaskin and Leonard Fournette. Uh, I mean, it, it's crazy. Um, right now, uh, I just saw a deal, DeAndre Hopkins for waddle and a 2022 first and a 2023 second if you're rebuilding that's that the is a smash type of trade yeah that is it the bell hasn't come out for a while but that is that is the
0: type of move where you know we've talked about it. that is we talk about insulated trades all the time but that is like that's free money right that is literally playing with free money would you trade hopkins straight up for you know if you're rebuilding would you just straight up
1: Um, it depends. I I think you can get more right now. I don't, I just don't think the masses are quite that high on Waddle. So I don't think you need to. So why sacrifice the value? But honestly, like I would, I would sell Hopkins for Waddle in a second if it came to that. Um, Like, it's just, it's crazy because people are hyped on Devontae Smith. They're hyped on Elijah Moore after just a couple of games. Um, there's, they love Rashad Bateman and yeah, all these guys are talented, but no one's talking about Jalen Waddles. Who's, Already stepped into a true number one role as a rookie. Um, we know that Will Fuller and Devontae Parker haven't necessarily been healthy. So the target volume has partly been due to that. But regardless of the why, he's been producing even with, you know, as the focal point of opposing defenses. Well, I'm glad you
0: brought up Devonta Smith because he is the highest graded pro football focused wide receiver over the last four weeks. He is someone that I'm definitely targeting before it just. Blows up. He's got three touchdowns in the last two weeks. Coming off, you know, if you, if Jalen Hurts was a lot more competent as a quarterback, I believe these numbers would be considerably higher. But he's shown some flashes. He's had a couple games over seven receptions. You know, he's been efficient over the last couple of weeks. Another guy that I feel like is out there where get that insulated trade and trade for Devontae Smith plus, you know, and try to get those kind of moves. Cortland Sutton's in that range. You want to get that guy plus. Um, you know, Darnell Mooney is still we were we were debating up and down with him, but he has literally been Justin Fields' guy. You know, he's he's coming off back to back solid weeks here, put up 20 points in fantasy this past week before the bye and I mean I think he's looked fantastic. You know, so there's a lot of guys out there that you can definitely be making some moves for. Uh, Chase Claypool's out of sight, out of mind, right? He's had some some rough games where people have forgotten about him. Elijah Moore is one that you brought up that I, I I'm really starting to believe in you know like he has had four straight solid games it's gonna be a lot of negative game script but his value has shot up incredibly like he he was gonna be a guy that I was like hey you got to go out and buy but that value is almost seeming like it's it's a creeping up past what I'd be willing to pay.
1: Yeah, and another guy that you didn't mention, Rondale Moore, right? Yes. Because again, uh, dynasty leagues are a lot like the stock market where you have to time these trades, right? You're not buying Tesla close to $1,500. Um, you know, you're getting it now at a slight discount. And that's how I feel about Rondale Moore because again, I was never the highest on Moore coming out. Uh, but when you look at this Cardinals offense, right? A.J. Green's there on a one-year deal. Hopkins is getting up there in age. They've only used more primarily on screens and those trick plays thus far. Uh, People were buying for first plus a second uh, after he had a couple – the massive game, right, over 100 yards and the touchdown. He's done nothing the last five or six weeks, and now you can probably get him again for a second-round pick, and that's when you buy, not when his value is sky high.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's all about timing, and I – Kadarius Tony's a guy where like he had week four where he had six for seventy-eight, then he goes nuts, week five, right? Ten for 189. And I saw him getting bought in leagues for first round picks everywhere. You look at it since then, he's he hasn't even put up 13 fantasy points over the last four weeks. You know, it's like if you can sell at the right time, now all of a sudden, okay, now I can get him. You know, and you, you just gotta play things right. And when it comes to rebounds, go back, listen to episode two. You know, that one still is fantastic. And then episode, I believe, 43, where we talked about rebuilds. I mean, there is a there is a clear-cut method on how to do this. And if you guys do it right, you're going to be in a position where you're going to own the first round. You know, in those three rebuilds I had, I had seven firsts in all of them. Guess what? It was 2020. So my teams look glorious. You know, like, the you you get the right class. You get that 2023 class. You're going to get beefed up and you're gonna have a roster where you look at it and you're like this is the type of team that you know I know under the helmet says they're gonna be dominant for years right they're gonna have a team that's gonna win for the next decade you can start piecing that together making those moves and and putting together some of those rosters that you're just you're like this is this is an investment where I'm
1: clearly gonna win year in and year out Yeah, I know we're coming up on an hour here, but uh, I mean, really, like outside of specific players, I just want to stress that, again, um, don't feel obligated like you have to make these deals just because you're three and seven or two and eight, right? We know that um, in some leagues, there is no trade deadline. In others, you know, it's coming up in two, three weeks, but don't, you know, you have some leverage here just because you don't want an old player to retire on your squad. um, There's also going to be teams out there who might, lose a player due to injury over the next couple of weeks or who might feel differently if they take a loss this week. Um so, you know, an example in one of my leagues, somebody was interested in Tom Brady and Superflex, right? They offered their 2023 first round rookie pick, which is a fair offer. I countered with a first plus a second and they said it was too much. So, you know, a few days later I waited and then I sent Brady plus a third for the first and second after they had a down game from Matthew Stafford and they accepted that. So, again, it's really just timing these trades and then also did knowing that. Did you say
0: that, you traded Tom Brady?
1: Yeah, I did. <laughs> not a, a rebuilding squad. No, I'm just um, messing with you. But, yeah, I mean, again, it's just, you know, being willing to let these negotiations play out sometimes because we know that the, di- the dynasty landscape can change very quickly within a few days. I mean, look at Robert Woods, right? His value overnight now is not even worth a first-round rookie pick. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, I think these kind of episodes are
0: fun, right? Because we're, we're kind of thinking about it, and they're all situational. I mean, trades are always situational, and that's why we have this podcast. And that's why we answer so many questions when you guys hit us up. So you you just got to know who you're dealing with, you know? Like sometimes you, you have trade offers from a guy where you know if you reject that and you you send a counter, he's probably going to accept in two days. Or you know there's guys that feel stressed. You can tell in the group chats, they're like, I need this player. I need a running back. You know, and you can kind of gauge those things and really start to, you know, this is the time of year where you really start to add value to your team, right? The contenders, you know, they get their guys to win their championships. But if you're not there, you can really start to add some value and put your team from bottom three to the middle or the middle into a playoff team next year just by being savvy here and being patient and getting the deals that you need. So, Mung, that was awesome. You know, it was – Fun talking about rebuilds. Next week we'll be back on to how to win it, you know, because we're gonna get back to some trades. But I know you got a lot of things going, so why don't you tell everybody what you have?
1: Yeah, and real quick, you know, we talked about trades all episode, right? But for the uh, the loyal listeners who have stuck around till the end, uh, one last little nugget of advice, uh, you know, work the waiver wire, uh, yes. even if you're uh, even if you're in rebuild mode, right? Uh, there's a league where I know that a couple of dynasty GMs really value speed. And when guys burst for long touchdowns, I know I can flip them. So I a John Ross in a deep league, and I flipped him for a third-round rookie pick after he had that one game. Um, Adrian Peterson, right? I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to do much in Tennessee. I think Dante Foreman's who you want. But I still spent a lot of fad dollars to get Adrian Peterson on a couple of rebuilding teams. And with that one touchdown, flip him for a third, right? Sometimes yeah. – sometimes teams don't believe in these old guys um these so-called washed guys but then when they see them produce all of a sudden that can change very quickly where you get something out of them
0: yeah if you're paying attention to waiver wire this week i mean or last week you got i picked up Wayne gallman on four teams this week i mean there might be a situation where Wayne gallman is worth you know the third round pick or maybe a slightly more and you said foreman i picked him up and i, I instantly got an offer for a third now i'm a contender but i'm like trying to work with that person. Now I might use Foreman to upgrade one of my wide receivers or upgrade my tight end, you know? So that's a great point as well. You know, there's so many different things. I, I hear a lot of people are like, ah, I didn't really check the waivers this week. I'm two and eight. Shame, man, go out there and use that fab. There's not going to help you next year. I mean, some of them roll over, but for the most or part, trade
1: you- it if you can. Yeah. You know, sometimes exactly. people need that fab, those fab dollars to get a guy that they really want. Um, or they think maybe they, there's a handcuff out there, uh, you know, Um, what was it? A couple years ago, uh, when oh man, I'm like oh Kareem Hunt. Um, after he got cut, all of a sudden, after that video leaked and the Chiefs cut him, Mm -hmm. uh, some I traded a lot of my Fab dollars for a second round rookie pick so that someone could grab both of the Chiefs backups in the league. Um, so again, you know, these are the trades that you have to time well but can really just add value here and there. But, you know, if you guys have specific questions, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I'm at Dynasty
0: underscore Dad FF. Thanks again for tuning in and enjoy the process. Yeah, we had that same.